This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio program. I have two great programs today on this Warning shortwave radio program. One where I did a radio program with my wife, Adalia Hansen, discussing the dysfunctional church. The second program was for television in my conference room, talking about following a true leader. In between the two messages, my wife is singing at the World Holy Spirit Conference in South Korea with Roy Kindle accompanying, I Will Dance Like David Danced. I have a privilege to have my wife in the studio today. Her name is Adalia Hansen. Adalia, welcome back to the Warning Radio Program. Thank you for having me again. Well, you're welcome. Adalia is a qualified minister. Actually, I could call her Reverend Hansen. But her and I are very concerned what's going on in the United States of America today. We're not just talking about the coup in progress, trying to topple the Republic of the United States, usher in a new world order. Well, we're talking about the general condition of the church, how even so many Christians, quote, so-called Christians, voted for a socialistic, communistic party that's against everything moral, everything that Jesus would be in favor of. In other words, they're pro-killing babies, they're pro-abortion, pro-homosexuality, pro-lesbianism, everything that is evil, they're in favor of, and yet... Some of these, quote, so-called Christians voted for Biden, which I cannot understand. How do you vote for a baby killer? You know, Adalia, you talked to some African leaders, pastors, and they couldn't believe it. How in the world could some Christians vote for a baby killer? It's amazing how around the world the church has a lot more awareness of what is right and what is wrong, but in America... We are so mixed up. We are so dysfunctional. And that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the lukewarm church. Adelia, now, you've lived in America for a couple years now. And what is your perception of the church in America? Well, I would say it needs a lot of work. Yes. The church needs a lot of work because coming from an African background and not that all Africans are born again. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying the people that I came across with that were true believers, these are people that are not double-minded in terms of they're not in the world and they're not in Christ at the same time. These are people who are focusing on Christ. 
the kind of battles that most Africans, especially the believers, go through, it's a very intense battle. The minute you get into Christianity, the minute you believe God and just set your focus on just following Him, the battles are so intense. You know, Africa has a lot of demonic powers, people who are devil worshippers, people who are in cults, people who are in traditions. And the minute you step away from that, it's like all hell breaks loose. Things just happen, you know. The ones that I could say because I went through the same thing. So in that matter, the only way for you to survive is to press in God, the presence of God, as in just watch how you live your life, not allowing sin to dominate your life because that's it's a loophole for the enemy to attack. We have witches and warlocks and people in the occults and stuff like that. Even in the family line, you find people come from a whole background of people who are worshiping other gods. And the minute you decide to, I am turning away from this, I don't want to be a part of this. Now your whole generation, we're talking about a generation of the God they served and the generation and the people who are still serving become your enemy. You become an enemy of your own people. So the only way you could survive, you just have to sell yourself out to God. There's no way out. There's no way around it. That's the only way of survival. Well, when I came here, I had an expectation, you know, that there's some people that Africans look to. Like we have ministers Africans look to here in America. They're Christians we look to. But I was so surprised in how they take things so lightly. It's not just America. We're talking about the Western world in general. They take God so lightly. It's like they've put him in a box. They want him to be what they want him to be. God has standards. It was there from the beginning. There's standards which he set for mankind to live by. There is worship. There is prayer. There is honor to God. There's reverence to God. There are things that he cannot be able to contain in his presence. But now things have changed. Now we have people who just say there are many ways to God. There is no other way to God except by Jesus and by his atoning blood. There's no other way. We can't just come and make our own religion and talk about things that are not written. If we are warned by it in the Bible. You're not supposed to add or remove these things. So I've been studying the Bible for days now, and I've been wondering, Lord, your word says you change not. You're the same God yesterday, now, and forever. But now, look at us. Look at the church now, Lord. It breaks my heart. And even me, I just want to press in and be more like him. Now, there's a quote that I read somewhere. Nowadays, it's not just people say, well, I am a Christian. But now there's a quote that has come out there that said, well, you might be a Christian, but I'm a Christ-like. Like now, there's, the Christian doesn't have a good meaning to it, that there's no meaning to it now. Anybody just decides, well, because I'm not a Muslim, or I'm not a Buddhist, or I'm not any of these other religions, I'm a Christian. But that's not it. A Christian is somebody who lives in Christ and goes and lives by the standards of God. So you have seen that the American church, you've traveled with me all over the world already, all over America too, and I think you have seen that much of the American church has compromised. We can call it lukewarm. You can call it adapting the way of society, but they give every little excuse to miss church or they don't attend but once or twice a year. And they don't recognize, they don't even know what a demon is, not yet recognize the spiritual warfare. Adalia? Well, 
I would say the people who are like that are going to go through a rude awakening because hell is real, heaven is real, the spiritual realm is real. We could say that sometimes we could look down on Africans and all that, but the truth is know the reality of the existence of these things. Demons, and we have angels of God. We have demons. We have fallen angels. These things are in the book. It's not that it's actually made up. It's in the Bible. It's there. The Bible is not a storybook. It's not a legend. It's the true word of God. It's who God is. Whatsoever that is written in the Bible are the things that are still happening today. It's just that people have not, they're so blinded now by the enemy. Some of them don't think the enemy is around. They think Satan does not exist. There's so many forms of theology coming from left, right, and center. And it's not based in the word of God. These are the doctrines of demons. These are human theology that are messing up the church. The Lord said when he comes, will he find faith? We're talking about faith in the Lord God Almighty, knowing that He is, that knowing that He is powerful, He's mighty, that He has overcome the enemy. But living as if He does not exist or living that the enemy does not exist, that's just being delusional. It's being in a world that does not exist. The enemy is roaring around looking for whom to devour. We have people who have gone through a lot of demonic attacks. Some of them are silent. They're not speaking out because they're afraid if they say it. The people at the church will think they're losing their minds. Some people are being attacked by night. Some, they see demons. They're being choked. Some of them, the diseases and sicknesses you see on their body, they're not just normal diseases that people experience. This is a demonic attack. But the church has to rise and war for the church and war for their lives and war for the lives of their children. As you shared, they don't even recognize a demonic attack. Yes, there's like you said, there's a time you were teaching and you were teaching the staff and the people that there are times when you have to discern when to pray for deliverance and when to pray for healing. It needs the discernment to know when Jesus encountered that child and he rebuked the dumb and the deaf spirit. This is a child who's epileptic. You wonder how is the deaf and dumb spirit associated with the epilepsy? He, he was showing the church, you have to have discernment and know what you're fighting against. That's why sometimes we're busy praying for healing and sometimes we're praying for healing and nothing happens. All you have to do is rebuke that demon out of the person and the person gets healed. I know recently I asked somebody to pray for a person with depression and instead of uh, re- rebuking and coming against and commanding that, that spirit of depression to go so they have deliverance, they prayed for a healing, nothing happened. The person certainly wasn't healed of depression, and they tried to commit suicide the very next week. And, and so then the next time I saw them, I went ahead and, and rebuked that depression and started commanding spirits to leave, go in Jesus' name. And the person was set free, and the person has been happy ever since. But we need to know when to pray for a healing and when we need to get into spiritual warfare. Adalia? Yes, there's simply, I could say there's much more than what we think and what we see. There's so much more. If the Lord will open the eyes of the people and see the kind of battle we are going through, they would not even miss praying at all. Some people just jump in bed, close their eyes and go to sleep. They don't even know what the enemy has planted by night. When I say by night, it means by night, I just don't mean that when it's night and dark. I'm just talking about when you're spiritual blind, you cannot see. He's so 
seeds into your life or the life of your family. Sometimes you see the result coming forth in months, in years, and you wonder what's going on with my children, what's going on with my marriage, what's going on with my job. The enemy sowed seeds of discord and disunity and sickness and disease while you're busy sleeping. You need to wake up and start praying and contend for what is yours, contend for your children, contend for your marriage. It's Right now we're in the last days. The enemy has released a hordes of demons out there to come against the people of God but people are just sleeping like now the country whatsoever is going on you just don't sleep and say let let God do whatever he said he would do he will do it no you're supposed to rise up and pray it in and prophesy and decree and declare and war for the church because now there's a war against the church in America but it's not just you just don't sit there and say God will do whatsoever what you need to understand is this a spirit cannot function in the earth realm without a body therefore the spirit of God needs a person which is you and me to rise up and speak on his behalf and be able to speak his word and for him for us to declare the things upon the altar and whatsoever in, is in heaven to come forth in, in the earth and manifest it's not just sitting there and say lord will do it deal it's not that way read your bibles well i know that um, a couple of weeks ago we were in a in our service here and and a lady had a growth the, the, the size of a baseball softball big tumor and you saw demons dancing around her. In fact, you whispered it in my ear. And so then I had three spirit-filled people come and started to intercede. You started to pray and I started to intercede. And uh, right in front of people's eyes, that tumor disappeared. But again, we drove the, the spirits out. We commanded them to go. The Lord rebuke you. And people don't even recognize this type of spiritual attack. They don't, they don't recognize this type of authority they could have. But you saw demons around this woman, Adalia. Well, the lady is an African lady. And I know she knew that whatsoever was happening was just not a mere coincidence that she's just feeling sick or there's a protrusion on her body. I remember her saying, no, this is not of God. It's not. And she even, there was a time when she walked out of the church, like she wants to go home and rest. And she was like, what am I doing? And then she came back to the church again. But people are just worshiping and praising. And I think you were teaching up some time. And I was just sitting there suddenly. It's like my eyes just open. And I saw like people going around her. They're not like normal human beings. They were like thin, thin kind of people, very slim. They looked like this cards or something. I know there's something like that in some movies somewhere. I, I can't remember. Somebody told me about it. And they had these round heads and they were holding each other's shoulders and they were going around her. You know, she's a Christian. You know that some demons can be able to oppress a Christian as totally, well. Totally. Yeah. It's not about possession. This demon possession, this being this demon oppression. So I was like, what is going on here? So I just kept quiet and I said, well, maybe it's just nothing. And then again, I saw it. I said, oh my goodness. So I waited for the service to be over and I told her, I need to see you afterwards when people have left. And I, I but I told her, I cannot be, be able to do deliverance on you. I'll be, I'll call Pastor Hanson, you that is. And you, you helped us and Vance and Jamie and, and, and. James, James. <laughs> they were interceding and we were praying against this evil powers and. She had been in a warfare even before that day. It has been a warfare for her, so she discerned and she knew. That's why she was open. When you're going through deliverance, you have to open yourself for God to deliver. 
sometimes people you might sometimes you might see this kind of things but when you tell people they go like oh no i don't think so this can happen i'm a christian no it's that's not true you have to open yourself up for god to deliver you it also comes with the mixture of faith you have to have faith for god to deliver otherwise we might be wasting our time well well totally she was so sick the night before when she came home she sat in her car and couldn't even get out of it for one solid hour yet god set her free because again a person moved in the spirit and they saw in the spirit realm you saw demons and that exercised against spiritual warfare adalia yes very true very true i totally agree there was a time when i had very bad migraines i remember and it the funny thing is it only used to come when i'm about to do my examinations for my college i remember and i didn't understand what was going on other days i'm okay but when i'm about to do my exams then i get bad migraines and i didn't understand that then i remember the pastor the pastor prayed for me and he started rebuking the spirit of headaches and he rebuked them you see a normal person would probably pray for healing for me and nothing right? would have happened nothing would have happened probably the um the headaches will still keep coming but it was not it was not a sickness that's just a normal sickness this was a demon it was a foul spirit of infirmity that was oppressing me probably wanting me to fail my exams every time so the uh, the pastor rebuked the spirit of headaches and the and then i remember i felt like something lifting off my head there was pressure around my head and something just lifted off from it and then i realized i am free i needed to be delivered i need i did not need medicine or drugs to keep the headaches away or somebody praying oh lord heal him heal her lord no i needed someone to rebuke that spirit and cast it out so i am set free and loose so that i can do things that i'm supposed to do amen but again uh sadly most of the church in america today they don't know when to pray for a healing they don't know when to try to cast out a spirit or do spiritual warfare against uh, demonic attacks and uh, and half of the church doesn't even believe in in demons and in in the apostolic the prophetic they don't believe in the fivefold gifts of ministry or the indwelling of the holy spirit with signs following in the power gifts of god half of the church doesn't even believe in it and most of the other half can't walk in it they're so far away from from living a victorious christian life and that's what we're talking about the pathetic christian church the dysfunctional christian church that uh, they don't even know the importance of coming to church adalia Well all I can say in this matter is I just pray to God that he may awaken the church. That's what I pray more than anything. That even if it's encounters that needs to be experienced for them to be awake. They need encounters. They need someone to talk with them. They just need an awakening so that they awake from their slumber. The enemy is beating us up right left and center and we're just trying to shoo it away. like let's just pray it away no the enemy understands authority power and authority well people don't even know in america again we get back let's get back to demons some people say well christians can't have demons inside of them well yes they can if you can't have demons inside of you then you can't have any type of sickness because it all attacks the body now it doesn't go into your spirit it goes into your body 
It doesn't go into your soul, will, mind, and emotions. It goes into your body. Demons take residence in a body, whether it's a person or whether it's an animal. And so if you open the floodgates, if you allow uh, the devil to start to influence your mind, your will, your emotions, if, you, if you're watching things you shouldn't be watching, if you're engaging in sinful activities, you are opening yourself up to demonic, not only oppression, but uh, limited possession. And we're not talking about total possession as far as you got to be put in isolation cell and, and chained. No, but we are talking about demons affecting you just like demons affect you in your health, where if you truly walk in the supernatural, a life of faith, you don't need to come down with all of these sicknesses or you know how to be set free. You have the faith, again, to touch the helm of his garment and, and be healed. Adalia? Yes. Um, all I can say is this. There's, there's a time when sometime our hedge is broken into. The enemy comes and breaks into our hedge. And the only way some, that it happens, when we open our lives to sin, what happens is we allow the enemy to come and take and take advantage of us. When we continually sin, intentionally sin, you are re- you are actually making yourself vulnerable for the enemy to attack you. Like Job, there was a hedge round about him. Christians have a hedge round about him. And when the hedge is broken, the enemy comes and he attacks. He comes into your marriage and attacks. He comes, it comes into your prayer life and attacks it. When the hedge is broken, that's why there's an emphasis on repentance. We need sometimes, even before we go to sleep at night, we, we check ourselves. What, what happened during the day? I need to repent of this. this. There's some things I did that was not right. You repent of these things, and then what happens is now the Lord protects you from the attack of the enemy. If you read Psalms 91, it talks about, those who are, who are in the secret place of the Lord shall abide under the shadow of his mighty wing. In the secret place, you are ever in the presence of God. You are seeking him. You are covered by him. He's your shade. He's your protection. You have to stay in there. Otherwise, when you walk out of that hedge of God, the enemy is going to shoot his arrows against you. So keep that hedge up. And when you sin or intentionally sin, you repent thereof. And the hedge is, the hedge is mended. You are solely just um, surrounded by the Lord, and he covers you from such attacks. Amen. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the, so much of the church in America doesn't take uh, the issue of sin seriously any longer. They don't take sin seriously. They commit sins, and it doesn't matter to them. Uh, just like cohabitation. Well, I'm a Christian. Are you? That's not what the Bible says, that you can consistently live in sin and be called a Christian. But again, many people in America do not take sin seriously. Here at my Facebook, World Ministries International, with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, Pastor Raphael Warnock claims killing babies in abortion is consistent with biblical values. This is crazy. I, I, you know, this is ludicrous, but look at how Christians no longer know right from wrong. We're in deep deception right now in the church in America, Adalia. Totally. I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty dumbfounded right now by the statement you just made. There are things that are, are abomination to the Lord. It does not change the way it was an abomination before. From the beginning, it's still an abomination now. 
this he even though Christ came and he died for us he didn't come and he didn't come and say the laws of God are no longer existent no he said i came to fulfill so when people kill babies they say well it's my body it's my right no it's not you're not the creator of all things you are not that's a lie of the enemy and there are things now people are starting to say there's many ways to christ there are many doors to christ no way now people have other standards the bible says be holy for i am holy now people even in the christian walk of life somebody goes and start wearing short very short clothes you can literally see the underwear of the person the person is singing on the altar or the person is sitting on the church people have changed the standards of god to fit them they go out their chest is bare out there they're preaching they're teaching or they're walking around you are causing your brother to stumble and they say well it's all about the inner person no we have to it's not just the inner you have to be able to exude the characteristics of Christ both in and out we need to check ourselves because all i can say and i can't keep it out of my mind that by the day of the return of the lord people will be very surprised when we stand before him and we give an account of our lives of how we lived our lives ladies and gentlemen we are in serious trouble in the united states we need repentance repentance we need to repent for the kingdom of god is nigh since march 2020 i've had 15 dreams talking about civil unrest a civil war and an invasion trouble is coming trouble is here the church is going to be shaken because god wants the church to be holy without spot or wrinkle. He wants to purify the church, and I believe to do that, judgment is coming. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, look to God. Look to God because he is there. You can follow him. He can guide you. He can lead you, and you don't have to be afraid. May God richly, richly bless you.
This is Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. We're in our conference room, and we are going into intercessory prayer right after this. Today, people, Christians, are following ministers that are not true leaders. They're following motivational speakers, comedians, entertainers, conmen, racists. Men like Joel Olstein, Bishop T.D. Jakes, etc. People attend and follow churches led by mainline church pastors that deny the gifts of the Holy Spirit and support sin, such as abortion, homosexuality, etc. In fact, a mainline church just ordained a homosexual, transgender bishop. Ladies and gentlemen, we are, I believe, living in what the Bible calls the last days. Yes, the church today is dysfunctional, powerless, comprising of people that aren't, as Watchman Nee would say, not worthy to be behind the pulpit. The church is a compromising mess. Today we have many pastors who are worthless pawns of a corrupt government, causing the people to back immorality instead of rising up against it to ensure freedom. Some people follow pastors belonging to a denomination that teaches doctrines of demons, nullifying the absolute truths found in the Bible, and make their own tainted teachings that neuter or reject foundational truths such as the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the imminent return of Jesus Christ, the book of Revelation that it applies today. One Presbyterian pastor said the book of Revelation does not apply for today. I don't know where he went to Bible school, but it was probably one that denies the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They say that hell isn't real. We need to follow true leaders. My title today is Follow a True Leader. The Apostle Peter directs this whole passage of Scripture toward eldership. And I'm talking about 1 Peter 5, 1 through 3. Therefore, I exalt the elders among you and your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily according to the will of God, not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, not yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. That was First Peter 5, 1 through 3. So a true leader is supposed to be an example, supposed to have testimonies to talk about in his life, supposed to be an ambassador of the Christ, says, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder. Now, we're talking about the Apostle Peter. 
He said he's on the same level, so to speak. He did not claim to be a pope, as the Catholic Church so wrongly tries to state. That's just one of many false doctrines of the Catholic Church. Catholic Church has joined, as far as the Vatican, as far as the Pope. They've been involved with Hitler in World War II, a concordant. If they, Hitler won the war, the world would have been Catholic by force. The Catholic Church has been involved with over 66 million Christians being killed that would not come under the Pope's authority. We could go on and on. We don't pray to saints. We don't pray to Mary. It's not scriptural. Follow a true leader. Don't follow the Pope. So Paul was a true leader, but right now we're focusing on Peter 5, 1 through 3. Now, you could follow Paul. He was a true leader. Peter, the apostle, was a true leader. He said, as your fellow elder, again, he did not want to take on errors. He did not want to be hierarchy as the Pope. He says, in witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also. Are you willing to partake of God's suffering? You should be if you're a true leader. Are you willing to? Or do you catch the first plane out of a country that's coming under trouble? My grandparents, one of the first missionaries in northern China, during World War II, they had an opportunity to escape. My grandfather prayed and said, the Lord told me to stay with the church. He's talking about the Chinese people. Stay with the church. And they said, don't you realize you're going to be arrested, you and your whole household, you're going to go to prison? He said, God told me to stay with the church. And indeed they did stay, and indeed they were arrested. Some missionaries were buried. My uncle was shot and killed in the head. My grandfather, my father, were tortured. Are you willing to be a partaker of the suffering of Christ? If you're not, I don't want to look at you as a true leader. You're a coward, you're a compromiser, and I don't want to follow you. Are we willing to have true leaders? Do we follow true leaders? Do we follow entertainers, conmen, manipulators, racists? Who do we follow? A partaker of also of his suffering, also of the glory that is revealed. We should understand the glory of God. Can you move in the glory of God? Some people call it the glory cloud. Shepherd of the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, not for sordid gain. What's he talking about? He's talking about money. If you, you know, there are some televangelists, some pastors that are literally multi, multi, multi-millionaires. They own jets and other things. Let me tell you, I have a real problem with you, whoever you might be. I got a real problem with you. Are you willing to go to Africa, do the slums to minister? Or there's no money in it. And there isn't. I've never seen your face there. 
I got a real problem with you. With eagerness, not yet lording it over. Oh, you want to be the big shot. You want to be involved with all of these national conferences on television. Why? Because you got money. You got a jet or a multitude of jets. What you got is a big head, Pastor. Point number one, an elder's responsibility. That is all-encompassing. Elders lead. Elders guide and elders provide for and protect their congregations. They lead, guide, and protect their congregations. That's why my grandfather did not leave China. That's why he was willing to suffer and go into a concentration camp. Elders are involved in the process of bringing people to maturity in Christ, preparing them for works of ministry. They had a Bible school. Everywhere I've gone, I've discipled people, had connected to our church's Bible schools. I believe in preparing people for the work of the ministry. The authority was not delegated to a deacon, Sunday school teacher, or worship leader. Now, we're talking about elders. We're talking about people that are designated as presbyters, bishops, overseers, apostles, senior pastors. These are elders. You know, sometimes you have some Sunday school teacher wanting to lead a rebellion or somebody that's on the intercessory prayer team. That's because their pride overrides the Spirit of God. They cause trouble. We've got to watch our pride. Lucifer, some people like to say he was a leader of the choir, so to speak, the worship team. But he caused a lot of trouble. He had a big head. You got a big head? Well, some of you elders have a big head because you're not true elders. The authority is not delegated to a deacon, a Sunday school teacher, a worship leader. Although every responsible task in the church carries a measure of authority. Governmental responsibility. And the governmental authority is meant to be established in the eldership in churches. In some churches, government is vested in the pastor and the deacons or church boards and committees. You'll find no scriptural procedure for such governmental patterns. Usually these groups are elected by some church-approved voting method. However, when a deacon board or a congregation board or committee leads the church, the pastor only functions as a hireling, a yes-man. He answers to business people. Now, how ludicrous. You're supposed to have revelation and vision, discernment, and you're answering to a businessman? I'm afraid that church is set up totally wrong. and That's why they vote for people in instead of having, again, the pastor direct, guide, disciple, and put a son in. It can continue in the vision of the church instead of all of a sudden a 10,000-person church goes down to 500 because you voted the wrong person in. We are not hirelings. You're supposed to be much more of, an, of a person that serves voluntarily 
willing to give your life. A delegated position is not a hired position, it's an appointed position. Even if an individual is paid a salary to sustain his or her living, the authority comes from God and should be received by God's people in just that way. I believe in salaries, those that truly deserve it. But I can guarantee you I'm not a multimillionaire. I'm not a millionaire. I don't have $100,000 in the bank. I got a real problem if you get rich off the ministry. I have no problems taking care of you well, but if you get rich off it, I got a, I, I have a problem. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me, Matthew 10, 40. Number two, obedience as unto God. The attitude we display toward a delegated authority, delegated, not elected, reflects our attitude toward Christ. It's important to understand that God takes into account the response we have toward earthly authority. When we are recognizing and responding to authorities, it is though we are looking directly into the face of God. We should do so with a right amount of respect that we would show God. See, people don't fear authority any longer. They do what they want. That's the independent spirit in America. That's why we're losing America. Because God is not feared. People that represent God are not feared. The Bible is not feared. A godly parent is not feared. We're losing America. There's no fear of authority, delegated authority that represents God. Oh, I'll do what I want. That's not what I believe. Well, who cares what you believe, you rebel? See, I guess that just came out spontaneously out of my spirit. Who cares what you believe, you little rebel? You little fornicator, you little adulterer, you're homosexual. Who cares what you believe? The only thing that matters is absolute truth. And God calls what I just named sins. He calls you a sinner. In danger of judgment. The fear of the Lord is not something to be taken lightly. For the most part, people are either motivated by the promise of reward or the fear of punishment. Children demonstrate this more openly than adults do, but the motivation is there nonetheless. It is utter foolishness not to have the fear of God in our hearts. If you don't have the fear of God, you are a fool. I don't care if you're two years old or I don't care if you're 102. If you don't fear God, you are a Fool. Yet many people become insensitive either because of their own self-will and stubbornness or because they have re unrenewed minds. Then insubordinate attitudes manifest. It's part and parcel of the old nature. Adam's fall and the sin that entered 
the human race. Point number three. God's government order does not change. The Lutheran church changes. The Presbyterian church changes. The Methodist church changes. Shall I go on? The Episcopalian church changes. The Baptist church changes. The Assemblies of God are not what they used to be. We need Pentecost. We don't need another Lutheran church. Again, it depends on the pastor behind the pulpit. Some are filled with the Holy Ghost. Some are just filled with himself. The Holy Self. Me, myself, and I. I guess you call that the unholy trinity. Don't expect the government to order within the church to change. Jesus will not usurp his own order. There is order. People want this to happen, but it doesn't happen. Throughout history, God has worked through delegated authority. That's how he works. Paul and Timothy. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses. Joshua. Delegated authority. That's the order. Although people have given him very little to work with, he has kept his promise to build his church. Matthew 16, 18. In spite of the way the order of the church rule has been rearranged, Jesus has continued the process. Now he has again raised up an apostolic order in his house. We could say in these last days, in recent times, the apostolic order or ministry or gift, fivefold gifts of ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, pastor. Recently, so to speak, the apostolic and prophetic gifts, offices, have been more recognized. Like with anything, like the pastor, teacher, evangelist, you have the good and the bad and the ugly. Not all is genuine. Not all is real. We need to follow a true leader. If you know the Bible, if you really know the Bible, if you're intimate with God, you know who a true leader is. You know who moves with the apostolic, the prophetic. You know who moves with power and authority. You know who moves with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know who teaches the unadulterated word of God that has absolute truth, that has never changed his opinion on sin. He doesn't flow with culture. He's against the woke culture. Totally against woke. God has raised up apostolic order. He is going to work through the people. He has delegated as authorities in the church. God will not go around the eldership of the church to raise up people in ministry. Some people just want to be the, the Lone Ranger. Sorry. The last I knew, the Lone Ranger was dead, and so is Tonto. And so are you, you little scribe and Pharisee, just walking around, doing your own little thing, but really haven't done anything. 
Miracles, signs, and wonders, what do you do? Teach some weird belief that you have? I don't care about your weird belief. If you don't come under authority, I don't really care about you or your opinion. People often go out in ministry without affirmation by valid leadership or eldership. They do that because they believe they have a gift or that God spoke directly to them. Woo! That's where we get into real heresy. God spoke to me. Oh, really? Then if you really have an anointing and God has called you, it's recognized by solid other men and women of God. Solid. Not common, not racist, not entertainers. I'm talking about solid men and women of God. Credentialed, solid, with a proven track record and testimonies. Do you have that? Or is it just you and a bunch of other coffeehouse rabbis patting each other on the back and saying, yeah, let's go get them, and you get nothing, but you criticize everybody. Follow true leadership. We're in a mess in America. We're losing America. Again, people go into ministry without true, valid affirmation or eldership behind them. Again, they think they have a gift. Usually it's the gift of gab. Only it's the wrong type of gab. It's called uh, garbage, rubbish, compromise, slander, some false doctrine that comes out of nowhere. But only you, you now conceal people, not the angel in the book of Revelation, but you conceal. False prophet. Tell ya, the last false prophet that said he could seal. He's dead. But uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to see him in heaven unless he repented. That's just the facts. Because God never spoke to him to seal, the devil did. So he was certainly under deceivableness. He was under total deception, fl floating around trying to seal people. You know, this is so stupid. How can you seal everybody in the world, seven, eight billion people, and you don't even travel overseas? I mean, use your head, but yet people, they bought into this nonsense. You're thinking, hey, what happened? Did you check your brain out at the door when you came in? Maybe COVID hit years ago and only went to you. No logic. I can't believe some people one and one makes 23. Their ministries are ill-advised. In most cases, they fail to be birthed into their destinies because they won't come under authority so they can't be groomed and trained. They usually accomplish some good things for God. Certainly, they never escape God's love, but eventually... If they are to succeed at the highest level of their calling, God must draw them back under proper eldership or they never will succeed. I've taken people with me before and all of a sudden they think they have a big head and that's about it because uh, they can't seem to get into the room anymore. 
They don't come under authority, and pretty soon, where did they go? Oh, I don't know. What are they doing? Oh, I don't know. I guess they're back at their old job. Yep. If you don't come under authority, you end up nowhere. But digging ditches, cutting meat, or whatever you do. If you are seeking to be released into ministry, the wisest course of action is to advance through your headship. That way you can be sent rather than going out on your own. The biblical directive is to humble yourself to those who have rule, headship. And in due time, God will exalt you. How? They'll push you. They'll exhort you. They'll make ways for you to minister. They'll give you creditation. They'll give you opportunity. Try to do it on your own. I don't think you'll go anywhere. But if you contend for a place of leadership, it just won't open up the way you want it. Our message tonight, follow a true leader. We said point number one, an elder's responsibility, including being willing not only to protect but to die for the flock, to be willing to go to prison or a concentration camp for the flock, for the people. Not jumping on the first plane because you have enough money to escape trouble that's coming and you leave the people you supposedly love, you leave them behind. Missionaries do it all the time. Tele-evangelists do it all the time. Some two-week missionary does it all the time. Trouble comes, they're out of there. Well, you don't impress me, missionary, pastor, evangelist. You don't impress me a bit. I'd be more impressed if you were arrested, if you stayed behind. Point number two, obedience as unto God. Do you follow leadership? Are you under authority or not? Point number three, God's government order does not change. We try to change everything today, and that's our problem. But God doesn't change. There was a saying when I was growing up, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is absolute truth. It's found in the Bible. Okay, the Bible. Today's culture in America tries to change everything. Absolute truth is still there. God's truth is still there. Sin is still what sin always was. It hasn't changed. And the penalty for sin is death. Judgment. Not promotion. Like President Biden wants to promote all, all the sinners, it seems. Fill this cabinet with sinners. Well, Joe Biden, you yourself one day are going to be judged by Almighty God. God help your soul. Conclusion, people fail in ministry today because they do not want to submit to authority. They don't want to be discipled. They don't want to be trained. Like a rebellious child that does poor in school and fails in life, 
they fail in ministry. If you truly want to be in ministry, let humility give you success instead of pride that results in failure. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.